to episode three of the Katie and Ryan Show. Congratulations, Katie. Thank you. I couldn't have done it without myself and you <laughs> and Perry and Dave. I don't feel like that was like super sincere. You know what? Don't project onto me. I'm, I'm extremely sincere. Mm. I'm so sincere it comes up as sarcastic, which is horrible. Yeah, I think it just comes up as sarcastic. No, I, I'm so genuine. Uh, okay, anyway. Anyways, <laughs> we'll visit that at a later time. So, excited for episode three. Coming up, we have an interview with Dave Corey. He runs Berkshire Halfway Home Services Perry Mundy Realty Group and Berkshire Halfway Home Services California Realty in Riverside and Murrow Valley. So that's a great interview. Get to kind of pull the curtain behind the scenes and see what the, the humble beginnings of Dave Corey and how her and him and Perry have turned this into this little real estate juggernaut that's growing and just flourishing. Wow, a juggernaut. I said little real estate juggernaut, so I wasn't trying to get too super over here. <laughs> too super over dramatic. <laughs> yeah, that sounds exactly. pretty dramatic to yeah, me, honestly. So, Katie, how was your week? My week went by extremely fast. Oh yeah. Um, I, we got back from Texas, and I blinked, and now we're here. What? Why'd you go to Texas for? <laughs> I feel like that's a pointed question. It right? is a pointed question. Did you just go to a rodeo or something? I did just go to a rodeo, and um, the friends that I was with actually left me to go to a Spurs game. Oh, Can you that's, believe that? that's terrible. Who yeah, I know. It's, they like made me go to the rodeo just to leave to go Who to a Spurs you go to game. The rodeo? Um, Dave Corey <laughs> and Ryan Laura actually. So the, the person, the co-host of your podcast, and the person we'll have as a guest on later. Yeah. So be just surrounded by love. Yeah, yeehaw. <laughs> yeehaw. Yeah, I cowboyed up. Oh, totally. Fantastic. <laughs> Don't look too happy. I'm thrilled. <laughs> so, we were at the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Convention earlier this week, and that was fun. And that's where we uh, taped our interview with Dave Corey, which we'll listen to later. Um, it was a great convention. There are a lot of little tidbits that we'll share, I'm sure we'll share eventually with you guys. So... That was our week. Nothing else happened with me. Nothing important. Uh, I think Ryan's forgetting that he was in a car accident. I was in a car accident. So I just forgot about it. <laughs> I don't think you forgot about it. It's just how bad it was. <laughs> Actually, it was pretty bad. Hit and run. Terrible. I was not the person who ran. Hit and ran. It was the other person. You got hit run. Thank you, Katie. <laughs> Thank you for the expert analysis. Yep, you're welcome anytime. Um, yeah, it was bad. Everyone in their car caught on fire. They took off on fire. It sounds like karma to me. What? Karma? Didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Podcast canceled. <laughs> We're at our pun maximum yeah. for this episode. Oh, it's over. Anyway, so moving on to our market updates. Katie, would you like to? handle Orange County and LA County for our listeners, please. Absolutely. In LA County, we're seeing a median sales price of 598000 an increase of 9.7% from last month, right? And the square foot, the price per square foot right now is $412. That's going to cost you a pretty penny to live in LA County. Uh, in Orange County, the median sales price is $689,000, an increase of an 11 0.6% from last month. That's a pretty big That is a big jump. 
Um, price per square footage being $411 currently. So tell us about SB County. What's SB County? San Bernardino. Cool. So San Bernardino County, you're seeing a median sales price of $329,000, an increase of 8.6% from last month. And also in regards to Riverside County, excuse me, it's got a little tongue tied there. There's so many. How humiliating. <laughs> <laughs> You can read the last time I looked at it. So Riverside County, the median sales price is currently $365,000, an increase of 8.3% from the last month, and looking at about $193 a square foot. So overall, it's a very healthy seller's market. If there's ever a time to sell, it's now, now, now. So I would highly recommend to anyone interested, please feel free to reach out to Katie or myself. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at, at RyanLara. Katie, what are your handles? My handles are kt.realtor for Instagram and bhhskt.realtor at Twitter. Oh, so you finally have a Twitter. That's not I like do have a Twitter. I just decided to share with the world. The <laughs> world needed my tweets. <laughs> What's on your other tweet? Yeah, I subtweet Ryan daily. Yeah, totally. I say who wears band-aids on their heads. Wow. <laughs> You're calling up a... The injured now. Oh, wow, now you're going to play up the injured card. <laughs> he says as he opens a water bottle with one hand. <laughs> anyway, so coming up now, we have our interview with Dave All right, Welcome to episode three of the Katie and Ryan show. We're in live We've here. Made it. We've made We're here in San Antonio. This is exciting. Yeah, we're in Texas. It's weird. Yeah, it's not Southern California. It's, people are smiling at you. Oh wow! There's, that's a it. shots fired towards our Southern California friends. Oh. <laughs> so uh, we're here for the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Convention, uh, 2018. Uh, it's been a fun couple of days here, a few days, and now uh, we're gonna recap our convention experience uh, here. And we the also highs have and the lows. The highs and the lows, I guess. And we also have special guest Dave Corey. Howdy. Howdy. Cool. So um, let's jump into uh, just a recap of the convention. Um, what do you think, Katie, about the convention? What, do, what are your takeaways from it? Um, you know, I was a little nervous about being surrounded by so many established agents and kind of, you know, being the new kid on the block. But everyone is extremely friendly and kind of there's a lot of camaraderie going on. Um, and it was kind of fun to experience, experience that. I didn't think it would be as helpful and I was really excited. It was a good yeah. experience. Well, I totally, I I totally get the intimidating part where especially when you hear an office that makes, makes 200 plus million dollars in gross, you know, commission income yeah. in a year. That's kind of a daunting number to wrap your head around. Impressive. Yeah, very impressive. Um, Dave, what are your takeaways from the convention? You know, I'm, I'm most excited, I think, about the VaynerMedia uh, Alliance that we got to learn a lot more about this trip. Uh, or at the convention and persona marketing. Oh um, yeah. This basic idea of I, I think the brand really changing gears with regards to um, a much more strategic um, online marketing strategy and much more about where people are in their lives relative to why they make home buying or home selling decisions and really leveraging all of that data uh, to do, I think, to empower us as agents to do a much more effective job um, 
understanding those lifestyle changes and um, and figuring out where we intercept with those buyers and sellers in the process. The why. Yeah. The why for the clients totally. No, I, I think um, I had a lot of good takeaways from the convention. Kind of what what's sticking to me is just kind of this through through some of the university sessions I've gone to or or just the general sessions, kind of just, there's this idea I've gotten of just back to basics and making sure you're doing what, you're, what you should be doing. There's there's never this, yeah, you can get little tips and tricks on, on you know, new platforms or new methodologies to certain things, but I also feel like at the end of the day, you, you just need to, like, just need to do it, A, A, B, and C, you just need to do it, and there's also just this this strong sense of, like, and, and you can almost see it, like, there's, there's people walking through the vendor, you know, the vendor uh, exit, you know, the vendor hall, and they're trying to find the the it platform that's gonna, you know, take, you know, just transform their business from, you know, five transactions a year to fifty, and it's just not, it's not really there unless you you just need to put the work in. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's things that can help supplement your business definitely, but there's no there's no silver bullet that's gonna fix everything or you know transform everything unless you put the work in. Yeah, I always get. Um it's always interesting for me to be reminded about how the whole business is about math. Mm-hmm. You know, you, if you want to do a certain number of deals and you know what your metrics are all up and down the chain, meaning you know how many conversations it takes, you know how many leads it takes to have a certain number of conversations, you know how many conversations it takes to have a client, you know how many clients lead to a certain number of sales. The whole business is math. It's just oh. a matter of whether, to your point, you're really willing to do the work totally totally i totally agree um and few are by the way yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely not <laughs> you have to have the work ethic totally um so moving on to our next uh, segment we're going to go on to our full-on interview mode with uh, mr dave corey here so for those of you who do not know uh, dave corey is the operating broker for berkshire hathaway home services perry monday realty group he's the brains behind the the operation to a certain degree um and so just kind of could you give us a little background dave on your i guess the the background of the business and how you, how you transitioned into it and you know where you came from before and what made dave corey choose real estate as, as his uh as fun field for his career sure so um i was in 2012 transitioning out of another business uh, that i had done for 17 and a half years it actually got my um, real estate license before I graduated from college and started selling and I sold for about four and a half years. I went from Coldwell Banker to Remax during that time and worked at for a guy named Steve Abraham in, in Redlands uh, at the first Remax, which apparently was way before his time because the city did not embrace the Remax model at that time. It was too, too early. That was like early 90s. Um, and and what, what is the Remax model? Uh, at the time, it was more of a keep all your commission desk rental mm-hmm. kind of a model. Okay. Um, and I was just a, a entrepreneur, <laughs> and uh, I liked the autonomy that I was given there to just do my own thing, as That's opposed true. to the global banker at the time where I felt like I was under someone's thumb quite a bit. So um, I hung up. The, I went into the, another business for 17 plus years, and I hung that up in 2012. Um, and I had done some real estate transactions with Perry, 
along the way. Mm -hmm. And so I started consulting for a couple people and she and I connected that year and um, I ended up consulting for Perry. She was a Remax affiliate herself at that time, bought that building in 2005. Um, so one thing led to another and I eventually started running the business and then the breast cancer era came which I think was about 18 months long start to finish and that took Perry sort of half out of the game um, during that period um, so it was even more of an opportunity for me to sort of step up in that role but as she came out of that we started having much more um, detailed conversations about wanting to not necessarily build up someone else's brokerage, which is what we were doing for Joe Miller at the time. And we started to get serious about having our own thing. We did look at one other luxury brand and didn't like what we saw. And so we had to actually get on a waiting list for the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services franchise because our zip code was on someone else's list. And that person was Rich Cosner and Rich Cosner um, was in the middle of his divorce, so we had to kind of wait for that to progress before we were allowed to open our first store. So we did that in March of 16, and have since opened our other two other locations. Um, so let's see, your other piece was, what am I doing in this business? <laughs> yeah, what, so, yeah. Why, why real estate? Is it just the challenges you face? What is it about real estate and running a brokerage that it just gets you out of bed every I morning, I just love Dave? people. <laughs> um, I think because I did real estate years ago, it was sort of a natural transition back into the space. And we don't, sometimes when we find it, like when you take a consulting gig, you're able to do that sort of in a once removed fashion and you just do your thing. You, you know, help uh, a business identify kind of what's broken and you uh, contribute to helping it out, but with no real skin in the game per se. Yeah. Um, and so that's how all this started. It, what it became sort of was a life of its own. Um, and, you know, over time the entanglements um, increase and you find yourself kind of in a, in a web of complexity. But when we made the decision to buy a Berkshire Hathaway franchise, that was really a decision to pursue growth. And we quickly realized that that meant that the, the previous boutique uh, brokerage model that we were running up to that point wasn't going to be something that would work out long term. So uh, now we find ourselves in a position where you know, we want to double from roughly 50 agents to 100 in a year's time. And uh, we also really want to make the people that decide to work with us successful. And, and that's, you know, there's a lot of work to do. So um, when it comes to, you know, you, you said you just mentioned about how you know, we had the Redlands office, now there's, now there's then there was the Myrna Valley office and the Riverside office, so there's obvious growth and expansion going on. What What's the formula to your success is in regards to having, you know, not every brokerage has office offices opening up every year, and that's been what's been happening the last couple of years. So what's what's the the silver bullet, per se, to that's, that's helping you with your, you know, your growth? 
I don't think there's a silver bullet. Um, I think hard work is, is certainly a piece of it. I think um, the growth piece is actually not the hard part, right? Because anybody can sign up to spend money on things like people and equipment and new office buildings. That piece, like very few people along the way are gonna really question whether that's the right move or not. You just have to keep proving that it is as you go. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we're in a um, late stage market expansion. So this market, despite being real low inventory, is a really good real estate market. And the in increasing prices will continue to finally get to a place where people are wanting to sell and uh, you know, the cycle continues, but that's not uh, due to change anytime soon from what we can tell. Um, and so I don't know, I don't know if I'm answering your question directly, mm -hmm. but I, there's no silver bullet here. This is uh, just sort of a series of looking at the landscape as it goes and, and looking at the various um, players that tend to want to participate and then trying to leverage everybody and, and um, you know, give them opportunity that, totally. that serves the business as well. And so um, you mentioned that you started as an agent and you kind of went into consulting and then you went into being business partners with Perry. So can you tell us about what was it like for you um, to go from managing you know, just yourself and your schedule to managing all these little humans all working <laughs> in um, perfect harmony? What, what has that been like for you? Has it just been... It's been complicated. Complicated. Um, yeah, because I, I think that despite great time blocking skills, the problem, the challenge with this particular business is we're, we're, there's a lot of aspects of what we're doing that's, that I would call bootstrapping. I haven't layered in a bunch of middle managers to... Um, to take care of people. So I'm doing some of the roles that I would otherwise maybe hand up, hand off. A lot then, of hats. Yeah. yeah. And the, so the net effect though, is you end up feeling like someone might not be getting all that they need. Um, and, and with all these humans in your care, that's, that's a little daunting. Totally. You know? Um, so I, I hope what we'll figure out in the coming year is, um, how to layer in some other folks that are really excited to be really excited for the opportunity and excited to be on the bus mm -hmm. and that we develop uh, even better systems and um, training and educational resources so that people always feel like they're in good hands and we don't have to, mm -hmm. don't have to worry that um, everyone's getting checked in on. Totally. You know what I mean? Kind of going off that, how, you know, in your leadership position, where do you feel, how do you find that right balance of, you know, wanting to, you know, you know that some people might need, you know, their hand held a little more than the other, but also not wanting to do too much to their detriment where, you know, they're they're incapable of solving their own problems. Where do you kind of find that, that right balance? Uh, I'm not sure there is a, there's an answer <laughs> to that because the, the answers are as diverse as the humans themselves. Totally, right? totally. Gotcha. Um, so, what is next? Our kind of next question. You know, you 
our off you've mentioned that our office was um, you know previously more of a boutique um, specializing in the luxury market so you know kind of based off of that you know here in 2018 uh, where what is your opinion on the your macro opinion on the luxury market um, well there's we can just look at the raw data right so in in 2016, 25 houses in the city of Redlands, over a million dollars sold. And I think in 2017, that number was more like nine. Um, so that's sort of an interesting uh, macro look mm-hmm. at what's going on with luxury. And yet, um, in this year, we've also had a couple of uh, two to three million dollar houses go pending uh, just in the last few weeks. Hmm. So the data is interesting. I, I think. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, our luxury market does begin in a million dollars, but in, for most other Southern California cities, that's low. It's a low number. Um, and so as the Esri's and Loma Linda's and other, you know, Kaiser, some of these places expand, um, so will their workforces. And there will be people who can afford $2 million houses and they'll likely come to Redlands. So, um, I like how we're positioned for that market. I like how this brand relates to that market. Um, and I'm bullish on, on the real estate in general. I mean, we have really great housing stock and options if you have that kind of money. Absolutely. Um, so that brings us to our next segment, hashtag Realtor Live. So um, real, real estate is just, it's just the best. And sometimes it's just the worst. <laughs> so we got to know, let's start it off on a good on a good note, tell us about the most like, what did what did we say? Sunshine War, rainbows, warm and fuzzy real yeah. estate story. No, I want Dave to tell us his sunshine rainbow unicorn story. Uh, Any? You're implying I have one. Right? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Dig deep. He's got it. No, I think um, I think it's a testament that. Perry would go through her illness, her breast cancer, and decide to come back and give it her all and get back in the business. Like totally, that by itself is sort of maybe the biggest feel-good story I know. Oh yeah, because she had she has options, right? She didn't have to come back in the business, but I think she, on the average day, genuinely, genuinely likes what she's doing and likes what we're building, and so that's probably my unicorn story <laughs> totally Yay. totally and and I, with perry like just seeing her her you know she, you know she, at her age to still want to you know come to these conventions to mm-hmm. to go to fly halfway up the state to a convention to to and look into getting real estate coaching and getting it and i think i think your average person at you know realtor at that age says you know i've seen it all done it all like yeah. whatever like i'm I'm at the twilight. Why do I need to bother? But there, that, that just genuine like desire to grow, even even at the stage of the career she's at, that's that's totally infectious to people around yeah. around her. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's also a piece in there though about how much the world's changing and how much mm-hmm. the business is changing. Totally. And so her um, desire to go get coaching, I, I think is also part of just her acknowledging how much the business is changing. Oh yeah. And I think, um, I think consumers are going to like keep 
reevaluating what they need from us as realtors. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they can go do all that they can do online, our role has to change, right? Yeah. So there are some really interesting themes that came up in the last couple of days around us really helping people make good decisions. And some of this, I think, is VaynerMedia's work. But this idea around we're not just facilitators, we're actually helping people decide to make these decisions and the whens and the whys. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of like helping someone understand when they should exit or helping someone understand when they should move up. But that trusted advisor role, as opposed to just I'll facilitate the sale, right. is a very different yeah. way of servicing people. And um, I think that's really where we're headed. And I think realtors who really understand that and can be perceived that way in their sphere are, are going to do well. Totally. I, I think that the just roles need to change. It's it's just the way the industry is shifting. And you can even go in an even more macro view, I think any industry, just 2018, so mm. many, there's so many shifts. And if you don't, if you don't adapt, you know, there's, we've talked about the, in, in, you know, the upcoming, you know, robot apocalypse <laughs> that, you know, they're, you know, jobs are going away. There's, there's jobs going away and guess what? They're not coming back. And, um, and for, for someone out there to think, Hey, my career's immune to that yeah. or my field's immune to that. Well, let's talk about that in five or 10 years and we'll see what happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I totally get that just desire, you know, the desire to learn, to grow and to not do so is almost negligent, not just to yourself, but to your clients and your, your sphere and whatnot and business in general oh yeah totally um one of my favorite overall themes from this weekend um was just the fact that we're no longer looking at real estate as transactional but you know relational and that was the total theme of this weekend and just truly providing value either before the transaction after all of the above and not just being there for the sale or the purchase you're there to help them you know, uh, redo their kitchen or fix a fix a leak. You know, we're we're here for them, and it was just kind of exciting to see all these people come together at a conference and decide that you know we're going to take it to the next level, and we're going to take really great care of our clients with love. I will not fix a leak. I will refer someone to fix a leak. <laughs> I will not mm-hmm. fix it myself. Well, <laughs> at least one of us is a go getter. Oh, one ahead, Katie. Um, but that was basically it, Dave. What's, we got a little bit off track, but what is your worst real estate story? Like, please tell me about a time in real estate where you're just kind of questioning, like, am I in the right p- profession? Am I, <laughs> am I supposed to be doing this? Uh, if it's a, a something something business-wise that's negative or a client from hell or... Yeah. Um, <laughs> no names. You don't have to divorce <laughs> So I don't, I don't have a story that has enough gravity to mention personally, but I have witnessed in okay. the firm some, um, and usually it's, it's people who are not really understanding the concept of owning a house and want a realtor to be responsible for something that might happen three years after they purchased a house, this oh, yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and there's a fair amount of those. So, um, you know, if, if your roof 
leaks or your garage floats down the street, <laughs> after you've owned the house, it's typically not the realtor's fault. Um, so there's, you know, there's there's things to understand when you're buying a house um, about home ownership, and, and it's the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? You totally. Benefit by the uh, appreciation in this kind of a market, but it doesn't always go that way. Mm-hmm. And the perils of um, of all the little things that can go wrong with a structure are it's a long list. So oh, totally. That would be as close as I can get to it. <laughs> um, okay. So that was hashtag Realtor Life. Um, let's talk. Let's get back to the convention. What was your favorite convention moment? Or Irish pub. Um, I, I think I just had it in this. Um, session called Mr. Say and Mr. Do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gino Blafari was Mr. Do, and they talked about his long list of accomplishments, which is why he's called Mr. Do. And then Alan Dalton, um, who you know is a former CEO of Realtor.com and has designed the marketing programs for um, several real estate companies, has a, a very storied history and and he's got a really interesting way of um, looking at the as mr. say looking at the communication uh, patterns and strategies that realtors use um, and so I've just come from that session and and it was delightful to see the two of them kind of uh, <laughs> taking jabs at each other and <laughs> having fun but you know uh, Alan for instance started off by saying, why do we go in and talk to our prospective sellers about comps? It's, he said, it's like going in and saying we'd like to talk about comparable children. Like you can't really uh, compare children and no house is like any other house. And so... Especially something emotion, you're emotionally attached yes, to. Yes, yeah. So he, you know, he, he's... When he, that's the, the point of him being Mr. Say is he, he looks at some of the odd habits we as realtors have about getting caught up in our own language or nomenclature that he thinks does us all a, a huge disservice. Like tunnel vision in a way? Well, yes, but also this these habits of doing things that actually are pretty stupid um, in the process of, of working with a buyer or a seller. And so I've got some of those on, on the... Uh, on a recording of the session I did and I'll share it with you guys. Cool, that sounds great. Ryan, what was your favorite convention moment? Um, like during the convention, right? Like while we were here, not oh. while we were out and about <laughs> exploring the town. Um, probably I'd say, you know, the general session this morning, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Brian Buffini guy. I've always been a big <laughs> fan of his content and, uh, you know, his, his general message and just him, you know, you know, I, I've seen him speak a lot of times, but the general session this morning was focused on his book that he released, The Emigrant Edge, and I hadn't really heard, heard him talk too much about it um, himself, and just kind of hearing him analyze it, and, and just going back to this idea that, you know, he brought up the statistic, the, um, the Harvard study, that half of millennials think the American dream is dead. And, um, you know, he's he was just talking about, hey, you know, we're still, you know, we're still in... America, it's a it's a great country. It's a land of opportunity. Um, you know, it, it may not be, you know, sunshine, rainbows, unicorns, easy like it was maybe you know, 40, 50 years ago. But the opportunities are, are still totally there. And and he kept relating to the award session that happened just previously and said, you know, any of you can be doing this next year. It's just about 
is just about your mindset. Um, it's about the work ethic. Um, just, just kind of, just reinforcing those, those ideas that you just need to be, you just kind of, you just have to get after it, just get it done. Yeah. What about you, Katie? What was your favorite convention oh, moment? Um, there were so many. It was definitely the rodeo. Oh yeah, the rodeo. There's extreme sarcasm, but <laughs> just kidding. Um, during the convention, I would have to choose um, probably the. There's a great white shark killer listing presentation that I went to, and. Um, this woman, she she was extremely charming. She had like a little Boston accent. So like when she was being sassy, it was just absolutely hilarious. And she was just so much fun to watch and listen to. And she's had over 40 years in the business. So she's completely an expert in her field and is just killing the game. And, um, you know, she's very blunt. And sometimes I need that a little bit more than the sugar coating. And um, she demonstrated how much of a differentiator it will make you if you care which you know is kind oh, yeah. of sad but um, as a loving kind of mushy gushy person that I am like that kind of stuff excites me and um, my favorite part of the session was um, I guess she had written a Warren Buffett a handwritten note and um, he actually wrote her one back nice. and um, it said like thanks for my handwritten note um, you made my day and she's like I had to show everybody I made Warren Buffett's day. You know, it was just like, it was just phenomenal. And it just goes to show like being thoughtful is kind of, it's a long game thing, but it, it just does so much for you mentally. And yeah. Totally. And that was, that was a big theme, theme from Gino's uh, general session day one. They'll play the long game, not the short term mm -hmm. game. So many people get caught up on, Hey, I just need to get this, this commission check and be you know done with it. And let me, wash my hands of blood with these people and you know good luck see you never again but you know if you can just become that trusted real estate advisor if, if you know past clothes if they you know staying in touch whether it's you know mailings whether it's <clears throat> sending them an email once a month uh, dropping by and, and popping by and saying hello for whatever reason um just sticking around and I, I forget i don't have the nar statistic in front of me but someone brought it up that that uh you know so like so many some I think it was like 90 something percent of uh, of people would use the same realtor again but mm. they just lost touch yeah and it's it's a sad statistic but very I very true and I we see that all, all the time yeah well remember it reminds me of Perry's strategy which is you know she commonly represents sellers but she'll always put the buyers of her listings into her database yeah. knowing that the realtor who sold them the house is not likely to ever keep up totally so makes sense yeah. well uh we wanted to thank you for this interview taking time out of your day um we're excited to have you and share it with the world cool yeah it was great great interview good times <laughs> it, was a, it was a fun convention thanks for having me kids. yeah yeah, thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. So, so that's it for us for episode three. Already. Cool. I gotta edit episode two, so um, <laughs> that'll be fun. Gotta, cool. Yep. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your support as always. Um, my handle for Instagram is at k as in kangaroo t as in turtle dot realtor. Uh, Ryan, give me I your am, plug. I am. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at at Ryan Realty Pro. 
Um, and Dave, would you like to plug your your uh, social handles? Dave E. Corey. Dave E. Corey. Yes, sir. So that was our interview with Dave Corey. Um, very intelligent guy, very nice guy. We're excited um, to have him kind of leading us in this crazy life that we're living. Yeah, I know. It was a really great interview. He's, you, you know, some people just get it. Yeah. He's definitely one of them. Yep. Um, you know some people who just don't get it? Yeah, I do. That's I'm me. That's me. Do-do-do. Yeah. You might as well be just blindfolded right now. Totally don't see what's going on. Well, at least I can open a water bottle. <laughs> Disrespect. Wow, just I'm, what? I'm injured, I'm hobbled, oh, I'm bruised, wow. and you're just like coming out. Ryan, me. do you see this? Do you know what world, this is? World's smallest violin. That's exactly what it is. Should be in over your head. That would hurt. Why is that need cool band aids? Well, you have a very small brain, so I might just run Jokes on you because I have a hard head <laughs> with my little brain. <laughs> You know what they say, little brain, big charisma. Big what? Charisma. Oh, I thought you were mispronouncing Christmas. <laughs> I was like, little brain, big Christmas. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> well, Ryan's regretting his decision to work with me now. <laughs> just now. <laughs> yeah, just now. Happened, like for the last 10 minutes. Okay, 10 minutes. Okay, 10 minutes. I'll take that. That's fair. <laughs> Was it before or after I ate all these cookies? <laughs> he broke. He broke first. I knew I was gonna break. Oh my gosh! The cookies were delicious. That's right. Thank you, Cassie. Yeah, thank you, Cassie. Shout out to Cassie Gonzalez, yes. transaction coordinator. She's fantastic and awesome. Anyway, so moving on to our uh, outro. Are you okay, Katie? She, her eyes kind of like. Squinting and not okay. And we've lost her. <laughs> She's gone. So uh, next week on episode four of the Katie and Ryan show, you guys are going to have an awesome pair of guests. Not just one. What? Two. Guests. Two for one. Two, well, I guess. two for two. <laughs> two on two. Yes. <laughs> Battle Royale. Last so woman standing dies. So anyway, we're going to have Dave Smith and Darren Goldstein from Cherry Creek Mortgage, and they're going to talk about how you can buy a house with no money down. What? what? In this economy? <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I have $2. I have $2. Wait, what if you have no money? And like, less than no money? Then you're probably getting married like we are. <laughs> we are getting married. Oh, my God. Well, no, not yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he has a beautiful, wonderful fiance who I'm waiting to go on a double date with. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Gosh. My name's Tiffany, and she's mean to Alexa. She is mean to Alexa. Anywho, so that's going to be a fun interview next week, and we hope you join us. Um, Katie, do you have anything to tell our listeners before we sign off? Um, maybe it's just start with, I'm sorry, Ryan, for being so mean to you during this podcast. And that's it. <laughs> you guys have a wonderful week.